0: Welcome to My Basement, everybody. We've got an amazing show for you today. You know my guest as uh, Roman Legionnaire number two in uh, Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem from 2002, and a couple of other things. He's a multi-hyphenate, but uh, more importantly than that, he's an incredible guy. And we are so pleased to welcome David Hayter to Vic's Basement. (sighs) David, David.
1: Oh, looking good. I kept you waiting, huh? You sure did. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm here. I this see no difference. I know, there's you very look, little difference. You look,
0: you look just like Snake in real life. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, the older I get, the more I, I look like Snake, the more I sound like Snake. That's for damn sure. How are you? You look great. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, I, I uh, uh, I, yeah, I was, well, I don't even want to talk about what I was doing because it's a whole different thing. But um, yeah. thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm weathering the uh, the apocalypse as best I can. And, and uh, you know, just stuck in my house in California and uh, trying to enjoy my life, which is not that difficult.
0: Uh, totally. We are very fortunate to be able to uh, be in the creative industries and to talk with interesting people and have our imaginations peaked at all times, pretty much.
1: That's yes? Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, to to... To make a living, you know, doing what we do, being being immersed in the in the storytelling that we love, is is a gift beyond all value.
0: Awesome. Um, we're going to get into some storytelling stuff here, but uh, first, let's focus on this apocalypse that we're in. It's the crappiest apocalypse we could have hoped for, isn't it? It's like we we really got ripped off. All of the fictional apocalypse
1: options, and this is what we get. Yeah, the 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 dullest stupidest uh just hottest oh my god it just goes on and on the 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 banality of our current apocalypse is uh is frustrating at best Yes. Okay. Well,
0: uh, something huge happened this week and it was uh, coincidental because uh, I, I, you reached out and, and we connect from time to time about various things. I, I love that you mm-hmm. are as uh, fanatical, a game fanat- a fan, as I am, which is awesome. And you're
1: enjoying uh, Ghost of Tsushima right now. I'm enjoying Ghost of Tsushima. It's true. Vic and I yes. have known each other for many, many years. And when I really fall in love with the game, I tell him about it or ask him about it. And uh, yeah, I'm currently obsessed with Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I grew up in Japan, and and that is just such a beautiful, amazingly executed game. And I'm also obsessed in an alternate way with uh, Maneater. Because I'm a big big scuba diver, and I've dived with a lot of sharks, and, and to actually be the shark is really, it's surprisingly fun
0: i've played an hour of it and i've really liked it i am trying to keep up with everything because I, re- I review all of these of things right so i got to play them for enough time that i can talk about them but then we have to cut the videos and put it so it's it's a lot of work but i have enjoyed that game and i've heard it's
1: it's uh, tremendous when you play the beginning you're you're a baby shark do, 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 do. and yeah. uh but when you get to be an adult shark and you get to be, like, full on jaws and bone fins and all this, it's freaking awesome. <laughs> and at first, you're getting eaten by alligators, and then later you're just like, I think I'm going to eat that alligator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's feeling? a good way to live. It's, well, it's, it's like life in many ways.
0: It is. Yeah, I guess I'll so. Uh, I have to ask about, uh, you know, let's stay on this gaming topic here for a second, because I, I, I've heard that folks that are really familiar with Japanese culture and have some affinity or some knowledge or, or uh, have lived there like yourself have really been impressed with what Sucker Punch did to kind of uh, craft authenticity with this game. Is that accurate? Is
1: that something you would say? Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like, um, yeah, I, it's always, uh, you know, it always makes everybody a little nervous when a Western um, entity takes yeah. on a, a Japanese Story, but they really seem to have done it with just enormous respect, enormous attention to detail. I mean, the beauty of this game is ridiculous. And I, uh, it's, it's it sounds wrong for me to say, given all my friends in the English voiceover business, but I've been doing, I've been listening to that one with the Japanese voices, and nice. in that way, it's it feels like Japan to me. I mean, I you know maybe people. Native Japanese will will have issues with it, but I feel like it really celebrates the culture and really drops you right into the middle of it in a way that I have never seen in a, a game before. I mean, there's been a few samurai, good samurai games, but um, but this one is just such a step up uh, in terms of technology and beauty and and gameplay. I mean, it's like it's like Red Dead Redemption, but but uh, you know, in a samurai era. It's, yeah, yeah, I love
0: it, love it. There's been. I- uh, Japanese uh, veteran developers and designers and critics um based over there that have uh, been somewhat uh, frustrated that a game of that caliber wasn't crafted in Japan so they've mm-hmm. given it their their true uh, seal of approval and their
1: utmost respect for what sucker oh, punch cool. crafted so it's amazing awesome. I mean well I mean you know it's such a massive undertaking I mean the world is enormous the 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 detail of it is so vast and beautiful. And so, you, you know, it's, you just get a, it's a rare opportunity that, I mean, some of these companies should have been able to, to do this, but you really need a yeah. confluence of a lot of money and a studio that's really confident in it and incredible designers. And, you know, we just happened on it to luck into it now. But yeah, that's amazing. amazing. It,
0: and it, it must be, uh, I mean, you've been involved with so many projects and a lot of video game projects, and it must be, um, a special thrill because you get to see a lot of the inner workings and, and, uh, you know, see the magic kind of come together. And sometimes you don't know if it's going to be magic for a long time, um, but it, it must be great to just be hooked on something that pushes the medium forward uh, that you didn't have anything to do with. So it's
1: just a nice welcome surprise for you. It's so funny you say that. That's, that's absolutely true. I, I always, you know everything you get to make and i've been lucky to make a bunch of you know movies and games and and things like that and some of them work out and some of them don't but you can never watch like i can never go back and watch the movie x-men without pulling it apart in my head and remembering all the horrible things that went on or or how we didn't get certain shots or how this was cut or whatever and it occurred to me one day that i was like steven spielberg can never just sit down and enjoy Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, he can't, like yeah. He, in that sense, he is the unluckiest man in the world. Right. You know, he, can, he can't look at it without pulling it apart in his head. And so, yeah, when you get something that's, especially that's done at such an A-list level, like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, yeah. it's uh, it's just a joy to lose yourself in it. It's, you know, it's it's amazing. Uh, Ready Player One
0: is a complete underline of of that expression right there, David, because uh, it, it's a great movie, and I just rewatched it again with my kid, uh, who who didn't get every reference. You know, a lot of them were new for her, but it was uh, so it, it's a mind blowing trip of a film. Like there's a lot of stuff thrown in it, but the absence of all the Spielbergian kind of you know touches and notes is very relevant, especially if you read the book and you saw how much Spielberg's work permeates through the book. Right. And all of that was stripped out because Spielberg just felt weird about referencing his own stuff, except for a few little
1: pieces here and there. And right. that probably, is a weird way to live. Yeah, probably more comfortable with the jokey stuff than re- re-imagining his filmmaking. Um, but yeah, it's, well, I, I just don't think it's possible to care about something, go through the years it takes to get it made and all of the, and it's so stressful to get anything made. And not feel that when you when you go back and, and watch it again, and it's you know. a shame. But but at the same time, you get to be the guy that says, "I well, yeah, but I made Raiders of the Lost Ark," and that yeah, you know, that's that's a pretty good feeling too. I mean, I, I might not appreciate X Men or X Two in the same way, but I can say that I was a writer on them, and and that feels pretty good. So it's a, both it's trade off.
0: They've both been in the in the news recently, the X Men uh, films, because they uh, I think. Uh, part of uh, anniversaries and celebrations of uh, of the achievements, 20, but also years the
1: for X-Men, yeah.
0: yeah, and they hit uh, Disney Plus, and and viewership has been huge on a bunch of the uh, X films. Oh, wow. um, w- w- when you reflect back on your time with X Men, and this was you uh, sort of entering like the upper echelon of Hollywood, I would imagine at, at, at that point in your career. Yeah. you know, what, what floods through your mind? What do, what do you, I, I saw you were quoted actually, I think in a Hollywood reporter I- issue talking about those days, but, you know, t- talk to me a little bit about the, uh, I don't know, the memories and the emotions that flood through you when you think back on, uh, X one and two.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. X One. X Men. you know, I had played solid snake the year before. And so that was a pretty big deal. And I thought that was really cool. And then I ended up Uh, working on the script for the first X-Men movie. And when I ended up getting sole credit on the screenplay, which I did not expect to happen, um, there were a number of moments. I got a call uh, the day we opened uh, from a producer telling me, um, you know, the three biggest opening Fridays in history and we were number three. And, you you know, having made i don't know uh a mid five figure income the year before and then making essentially a seven figure income the next year uh was strange and cool you know it's like it's everything you dream of in hollywood you're like oh someday i'll be rich and 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 then you get to be 28 29 and you think maybe i'll survive you know and then (laughs) suddenly you know, you get hit by lightning, and this thing happens, and and uh, uh, and suddenly you're, you know, a little wealthier. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, I was a total Hollywood cliche. I went out, I bought a Porsche, but I didn't have any like a used Porsche, nothing crazy. But I but like the 911, I always wanted, and yeah. it's a 1996, I think. And and uh, and I couldn't get uh, I couldn't get a loan because I didn't have any um, credit. <laughs> because <laughs> I've been so poor <laughs> leading up to that and I hadn't had my I hadn't got my money yet so I had to, I had to get my checks first and then I got my con that's
0: amazing that's,
1: that's a very Hollywood story
0: that's awesome uh, do you keep in touch with uh, creatives uh, you know in that family that was sort of launched with with
1: X-men one yeah some of them uh, yeah some people I I see here and there I mean mostly Matt Granger who shot our behind the scenes, footage on x-men he's a vancouver filmmaker uh you know he's involved in all the all the productions that come through there and and uh and then the other day well not the other day last time i was in vancouver which was I don't know months ago or five years ago i have no recollection of time I, think I think
0: it was last year it was last year wasn't yeah, yeah it wasn't that long ago
1: because i saw you yeah. and yep. uh and tyler main who played Sabretooth, right on uh, who i hadn't seen in you know 20 years 19 years and so he came out with us, and so that was pretty cool. So he, you know, uh, or I run into like James Marsden, run run into him around town here, and we give each other a big hug, and you know, it's nice. But I mean, we don't have X Men parties or anything. Maybe no. they do. Maybe they do. But yeah. they don't. The
0: <laughs> screenwriter. <because> that's cool. <laughs> well, that's that's. I can't swear my kid is right here. That's the one, that's the, the one thing about work from home is I got to keep it I got to keep it clean somewhere around here. <laughs> well, well, that's, that's BS. BS. I'll just say that it's yes. BS that the screenwriter is not invited to the X Men parties. Um, but you've you've Dang. done many many things in your uh, long and illustrious and uh, bountiful career. <laughs> yeah, very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're all the better for it, man. Like you are one of the best stories in the video game industry for sure. Uh, you know, because of your tangents and all of your your different disciplines. Um, and one of the most recent is uh, working on uh, a Netflix series, which just got a pickup for season two called Warrior Nun. Um, I've seen the first episode and I really, really enjoyed it. I'm not just blowing smoke. I thought it was really cool, great concept. And it's based on a comic book or what's it, what's it based on?
1: Yeah, the original, uh, yeah. So thank you for saying. And yes, we got picked up for season two yesterday, which was very cool. Amazing. Um, it's based on, there was a comic book series uh, by Ben Dunn uh, called Warrior Nun, and mm-hmm. um, so we were adapting that. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, been developed quite a bit since the comic, comic book was, was, you know, uh, in the 80s, 90s, and, and so we definitely updated it, and it's a little less exploitative, but... Uh, mm, right, okay. Um, you know, because this is a new age and we wanted it to be, like, girl power, kicking ass, uh, you know, people, young, young women taking, taking their power back. And, and so, uh, uh, so, yeah, so it was brought to me by um, the, our showrunner, Simon Barry, who's also mm-hmm. a Vancouver um, creative, who's created Van Helsing and Continuum and just a brilliant showrunner. Awesome. Uh, so he brought me on board to teach me how to be a showrunner and um and so we 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 uh along with a, a very diverse cast of primarily female writers um amy berg and terry burton suzanne Kylie and Sh- sheila wilson we um made the first season and they went to malaga spain and they shot that and uh and then we didn't know what to think and you never know what to think because it was sort of a mid-budgeted show and a very weird concept and no then they came back and they were like watch this and they showed us what they had shot Simon showed us what uh, they had shot with those actresses and that stunt crew and the Spanish locations and the scope of it and the beauty of it and the badassery of it uh, really blew me away it made me really happy and I I thought you know people would respond very well to it and, and they have
0: and the fresh faces, too. I mean, I, I don't know any of the actors, and they're all great, you know, they're yeah. also is this something that you're kind of picking up on? is um, clearly, Netflix produces stuff that's international in scope because they have yes. audiences everywhere. But I, I don't I, I don't remember, and maybe it's cause, you know, growing up, you're young and everybody looks the same as you're growing up or something. but I, I look at these young folks in the show. They're so competent. They're so ready for the big time yeah. and they you know I, I don't know what their credits are or whatever, but it's it's really impressive. and I'm wondering for you as a director and as a writer and a producer, if, if you're just if you're seeing a maturity with performers and people sort of just being aware of how to make this kind of big budget fantasy fiction in a better way than ever before.
1: Uh that's interesting, yeah, to, to, well to a certain extent, I mean, you've obviously got young, you know, this is a young cast, the, the, yep. the leads. Um, I think the youngest is 19, uh, you know, no, I don't think there's anybody over, well, I, I don't want to say, I have no idea how old they are, but they're young people. Um, so, you know, they're always going to be fresh faces, this is a generation that's grown up with so much more sophisticated entertainment than you and I did. You know, we had we had the Flintstones and Rocket Robin Hood and whatnot and, and uh they've got Breaking Bad and and um the wire. So right uh so yeah, there's definitely access to a level of sophistication in performers that, that probably wasn't there before. But these particular women really stood out beyond most. You know, it's still yeah. it's still it's still a search to find just the right person and somebody that is ready for the big time and that, and that will capture the screen even though nobody's ever seen them before. That's a very difficult thing. And, and Simon and the casting people uh, just landed on this combination of amazing, they compelling sure actresses. And, and yeah. uh, so a lot of that is just, you know, it's good taste and it's luck and it's alchemy. Yeah. You know, it just sort of comes together. So you've you got some American voices
0: in there. You got some American voices in there, but also European voices or where did everybody
1: come from? I don't think there's okay. any Americans. Um, wow. No, Ava, uh, Alba Baptista, who who plays Ava um, with, I think, a pretty convincing uh, American accent. You can hear her accent a little bit here and there. But she is from Lisbon, from Portuguese, speaks right six on. languages. Wow. And um yeah i think all of the actors were either spanish or english oh that's not true uh toya uh turner who plays shaka mary is america i think she's still okay
0: okay she's yeah awful. it's it's very impressive and i mean you look at uh, stranger things i i i mean maybe it is just like the the quality bar has just gotten better and better and better i think there's still lots of crap that's getting made for sure but it's it, you know it blows my blows me away because when you watch a you know, a show that's kind of serialized like this and, and uh, it, it looks like money has been spent on it, even comparative budgets to other things. Yeah. Uh, you expect a famous face to appear, you know? you and, and we've been conditioned to feel like somebody we know is coming in here and that they're gonna pivot the camera, it's gonna be a big right. reveal and we're gonna know. And and that doesn't really happen in Warrior None. It's all just about the characters that you've crafted and the performances they give us.
1: Yeah, it's the world is completely new to you and, and these people will just be these people. Um, and I think there's a, there's a great value in that. And we've had, you know, we've been approached since uh, by bigger actors saying, oh, I want to be in that and I want to I do that. And We've had a discussion. It's like, okay, do we do that? Do we start putting in, you know, somebody famous or or do we keep just within the warrior nun world? And, and so we haven't really uh, come down on that yet. Awesome. Well, I know
0: uh, people are watching it and uh, Netflix is very, you know, shrewd with what they do, Greenlight, and we all know how quick that that can change in the Netflix world, but uh, congrats, congrats on that. Uh, but there are people that don't know anything about this, so I feel like, you know, you would give us a great top line on, on kind of what this show is about.
1: Yeah, uh, well, it's about, um, it's about an ancient order of nun warrior nuns it's, it's it's pretty aptly named um and the champion of the warrior nuns has a an angel's halo uh, implanted in her back and we don't really know how that how that happened when the when the series starts but um i don't want to tip too much but essentially uh our the halo is taken out of the, l- the last halo bearer and hidden in the body of a of a quadriplegic uh, girl who's recently died, and not only does the halo bring her back to life, but she can walk. She's got powers. She's got all these all these things. So suddenly, this, it's this 19 year old girl who's never been outside of her orphanage, who's never been able to walk, uh, is suddenly able to you know feel her body and she's able to go out into the world and dance and drink and do whatever she wants and she's in europe and then these warrior nuns come to her and say well you know you kind of have to fight for the catholic church now if you want to keep the halo and she's like the catholic church what are you talking about (laughs) you know i'm gonna go to a club and uh and it's the conflict of of that which um which really drives the show. She has a response, not only a responsibility to the halo because it keeps her alive, but also because it, it protects the world from evil. But at the same time, she's just like, I just want to live my life. I just want to go my own way. And, uh, and it's a pretty cool way for us to sort of look at how, you know, institutions and churches and whatnot manipulate people for their own ends and how we can fight back against that
0: you and i talked a bit before we rolled here but um the european settings are just amazing and it's stuff that we 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 don't see enough of in uh, in, in our sort of regular programming and that's it, it pops when you see something like that in Jason Bourne and so it feels yeah. um like a like a wonderful indulgence to you, you know really because if you haven't been to europe you are really missing out on you know the, the roots world. of it, it really is. It's just such an incredible escape. And and I love that the show delivers that as part of it. You know, it's great.
1: Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it's so beautiful. It's shot in Malaga, uh, Spain, so seaside town in Spain. And, and right. the churches, the cliffs, the, the architecture, everything. You know, normally you would build all your sets. You know, if you had the Stranger Things budget, you just build all your sets or you'd augment them in CG and everything would be sort of wild and, and you know, huge. But we didn't have that money, but, you know, you put some torchlight in an 800 year old church and put a wide lens on it and just sort of rise up and you've got this incredible beauty that's just baked in. And and I think that American shows were nervous to set something in such a European feeling world um, with an American tone, but that's kind of what we did. Mm-hmm. And, and we felt like like you say for, for people that have been able to been lucky enough to travel through Europe of, you know from North America there's such a cool feeling of it and and of being there and also being an outsider who's there so yeah, it was kind of like you know let's take them on a on a journey that may feel familiar but through a world they've never really seen, seen expressed like this before plus and like I said it was just a lot cheaper I mean it, pretty- it paid. It pays off, it's beautiful.
0: What's your, what's your work on the show? What, do you, what, do you, uh, what are you doing and, and uh, it, have you been a part of like a, a series
1: in this capacity before or is this kind of new for you? This is pretty much new, I was mostly a feature guy. I mean, I had produced a, a, a pilot way back in the day, um, but I moved away, from, I, I really didn't focus on television for a long time, but in the past five years it's gotten so good. Yeah, I was like, you know, and the feature business is also very rough. Uh, so I started looking at uh, at television production and ways to tell stories that were longer and cooler and you know, you can do edgier things in TV now than you can do in a movie. In a movie you have to spend 200 million dollars to make a dent and that makes right. it very difficult to do anything you know, different or edgy the like yeah. Deadpool notwithstanding. Um, that's the rare exception. But uh, so what I do is I'm a producer on the show, and um, I work in the writers' room, and uh, I work with you know all of our our writer producers. We break the season, we break the episodes uh, together, and um, sort of come up with the whole storyline. And then and then different scripts get handed out. So I wrote uh, episode four, and I co-wrote episode seven, or no, right? Eight. I wrote I co-wrote episode eight of this season uh, with Matt Bosack, and uh, and so then you write your scripts, you hand them out to everybody, and everybody gives you your your notes, and it's really you know it's really a group effort to put together um, the whole thing. It's 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 the combined voices of like nine of us, um, which is gotta to be new,
0: floor. right, for you because Very new, I, yeah. I imagine you've been uh, you work on drafts and then you hand them off and then you might get them back, but f- you've probably been alone for a lot of your writing career yeah
1: for about 20 years yeah it's just been me in my office Uh, i mean you know i guess 18 years or so i started on warrior none a a little while back uh yeah it was my first writer's room and i was afraid i was like i might be too crazy for this now like (laughs) i don't know that i can communicate i'm just used to doing it all myself i'm just used to writing you know it's this it's this it's this and i write it all out and then after 6 months i give it to the studio or something and they give me a bunch of notes and then i go back and i do it myself so i was like i don't know i don't know how i'm going to deal with this but it was it was really fun our room was remarkably you know everybody was super cool all had their own individual voices and there was no no ego bashing and you know nobody claiming credit for other people's work it was just really supportive Correct. and i fi- and i figured out some of the things that i'm really good at like you know action set pieces and little bits of dialogue and stuff like that and other things um you know where that i uh, that i could learn you know like human relationships or how people feel and whatnot uh there's other people who are really good at that to sort of you know you can learn from and and influence your work and so, so it was a, it was a really it was a surprisingly good experience I, it could have gone could have gone anyway <laughs>
0: you,
1: sure. you mentioned that uh, simon berry
0: and and uh, you know i look forward to I, I, we had uh, i think he's been on ep when we, when we were a daily tv show i think he's been on we had the continuum folks on quite often because they were well, i know he shot in theory. vancouver yeah i'd love to have him on the show it'd be great sure. um but you mentioned that he brought you on board to kind of train you to become a, a showrunner or show you a little bit about thats thats that is that is that in, is that gonna be another hyphen you're gonna be adding to your, your portfolio pretty soon?
1: I hope so. I mean, yeah, I, uh, yeah. because I've got some big feature credits, you know, when I go into, when I take in a TV thing, you know, this has sort of been the issue of the past five years. I take a TV thing in and they'll say, well, you're a big feature screenwriter, so you need to be the showrunner. And then it'd come down to, to making the show and they'd be like, well, you've never been a showrunner before. Right, right. And then right. they wouldn't make the show so i was like i just need experience in the room uh looking at production looking at casting looking at how the whole thing comes to even though i've done all of that in movies yeah you know tv is a different world and so i was like just just go work for somebody and get the experience and get some get some good credits and and all of that will build up towards eventually running your own show so um yeah, so that's that's what I'd like to do. I mean, for this next phase of my career to be very cool to, you know, be a Ryan Murphy or somebody like that and and create a, a couple of really cool shows and you know it's it's like I say, TV now you can you can do anything and it's really it's really an inspiring landscape.
0: Is there um, a, a direction that you want to see yourself go? Like, is there a specific property, or do you want to create
1: something brand new? Like, what what are you hoping? for for you well um yeah i I can't say specifically what i would like to do because if i do somebody else goes out and and buys it um but uh you know i think if you look at warrior none i mean that's that's kind of the space i like to be in you know like badass action um heartfelt hopefully it's smart um and just you know genre stuff the the, the stuff you and I love. So, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, you know, whatever. So what I do is, you know, people bring me a lot of projects and send me a lot of, they send me free video games and they send me books and comic books and all that stuff. And I just try to keep an eye out for something that I think is, is new and original. And like I say, when, you know, when I first heard the story about Ava getting the angel's halo and it, bringing her back to life and curing her paralysis I was like oh my god I've I've never seen that before that's fantastic you know like it's the opportunity to tell the story of a teenager who's never gotten to be a teenager before you know and that was such a it was like what a rush that would be so you know so that sort of spoke to me so I'm looking for other projects that 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 do that and I've got a few that I'm I'm attached to right now and um but you know everything's a struggle everything takes a while to to get set up and paid for and produced and totally it's just i mean
0: you've been um you know all of these creative industries are always morphing and changing and and uh presenting challenges and and uh you know reaching people in interesting new ways but you have been in the center of all of these different things which is kind of unique to you my friend there aren't too many people that have (laughs) written features and and you know voiced uh massive characters and properties and directed their own movies and you know performed in a bunch of really cool things like king shark in the flash That's is there right is there a part of the like is it starting to become more homogenous in the way that these creative projects are are being developed and and you know, this generation of creators out there must be much more attuned to all aspects of these things. I know that filmmakers are really aware of the power of games and, and storytelling in movies and television shows is... is um,
1: they are, yeah. yeah but is,
0: is, it, is it is it sort of the same or is it is there still like these disparate, I don't know, clubhouses about how all of these, this, these things come together and you have to play by different rules with every subset that you work with?
1: Yeah, I think there is still a huge divide. Uh, it's, it's really weird to be, you know, I'm pretty well known in, in, in Hollywood as a screenwriter, yeah. but none of these executives, I mean, some of the executives, but very few of the executives know that I'm Solid Snake. Yeah. In the real world, millions of people know that I'm Solid Snake and very few of them know that I wrote Daxman or whatever. Right. So I'm in a very weird position of- It's incredible. Well, it's very fortunate. I mean, it was just a couple of really incredible strokes of luck. and, and um, But but it's interesting because I go into... Because I talk to the producers of games and I talk to the producers of movies and I talk to the producers of television, and they're all kind of different. I mean, movies and TV mm. overlap, but ga- the gaming world is its own world. And yeah. for a while, I thought, oh, I'll produce some games. You know, like, why not? You know, I'm a, I'm a movie producer, whatnot. What but it was a whole different game and i just I, it, and it was very clear to me that i was in a pond that was not for me you know right and plus be coming in being solid snake to a gaming company is like what you want to produce what are you talking about
0: right you, yeah legendary. like the, yeah they, they they don't know you uh, as somebody that can kind of put projects together like that they don't they
1: don't conceive of you as that person yeah and the and the budgeting the way they pay for it is totally different I mean it's all of the all the weird sort of boring stuff is it's a very different set of worlds and that's why it's still so difficult to get good crossover between games and movies you know it shouldn't be yeah Um, and I and you know and that that's getting better it'll continue to get better as gamers become movie executives but. Well, we just had a great Sonic
0: the Hedgehog movie. I don't know if you oh, saw I, that movie. I didn't see it. I'm sorry. It, it, it was way better than you would ever dream I heard it would that. be. I heard that. Yeah. Cool. yeah, it was really good. And, and uh, uh, the Uncharted film could be a game changer. Could we'll be. find out. Yeah,
1: could we'll be. find out. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, we'll, yeah we'll it's see. A, But it definitely is, when a game, a big game title gets signed over to a movie studio, it gets pretty much gets signed over and a new group of creatives takes over and sometimes that can work and sometimes it won't so yeah we got the last of us it's so frustrating for gamers because you're like well just let the game developers make the movie yeah but it's like a movie isn't a video game it's a different animal and it the yes. The costs are different. The production is different. Anyway, this is all the very last of us is
0: maybe the closest in game. So you can see that sort of straightforward narrative. You can see uh, there's an episodic quality with how big these things are. It's almost like you're playing a, t- a television season when you, p- when you play a game like The Last of Us.
1: And now well, that's yeah, coming to HBO. Yeah. yeah. And because they're so long, it does feel like a television series. Like um, I just recently replayed during the pandemic uh, GTA 5. Yeah. And that's that's like three intersecting storylines, but th- those aren't movie storylines. Those are epic, TV novel-esque yep. or long TV series type uh, storylines. So, uh, you know, again, it is it's it is a different medium because you're trying to fill, you know, 60 to 100 hours worth of time where a movie's got to fill two hours and be worth you know, a $200 million return, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, the first time I ever experienced that idea that, that you know, playing through a full game story was much like watching a season of a show, mm. happened to be Metal Gear Solid 3, and I, and I, I was obsessed with the, the game at the same it's the best it's such an incredible game but i i was obsessed with the game at the same time as i was obsessed with uh, 24 remember when 24 was the mm-hmm. hotness and yeah. i was watching the show and and i would have the same feelings you know yeah, with, with so like the, yeah like the same apprehension and exhaustion and exultation and you know i finished the game and it was just a, a masterpiece and and uh uh better than the show by the way but it it really sort of hit me like i
1: tend to agree but but again you're it's it's not fair because you've got two very different lead actors and you know it's it's very difficult to compare the two of us
0: it really is and nor nor should they ever cross over nor nor should they ever (laughs) cross over although hopefully i'll be playing (laughs) jack
1: bauer in something pretty soon
0: that would be dope as hell um uh, I, I I tweeted out that you're going to be on the show and I got a few questions here that I want to uh, 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 yeah, sure. present for you, my friend. Uh, our buddy uh, JKB, J-Hoof says... Uh, Do you have anything marvelous coming out soon or anything in development? uh, And also, do you miss his creepy basement? Because apparently you visited his creepy basement studio or something when you were in Toronto. Uh, Yes, of course.
1: Oh, of course, yes. Um, I I desperately miss the creepy basement. Uh, And and I, I, listen, I don't say that often. (laughs) That's for damn sure. I can't, I can't talk about what I'm developing. I just, there's no, there's, there's no upside, nor nor would I be allowed to, uh, to confirm or deny any such uh, thing should it occur. The NDAs oh, I'm sorry, are... it's an unsatisfying answer, but, but you, if I, if I were developing something for Marvel or Star Wars or whatever, they would murder me for even- Totally. Play. So. I get I get that response every
0: episode so don't worry. <laughs> Everybody says no I can't so I got to ask though. Um there is something though related However, to However, I will be
1: I will be developing uh Warrior Nun season 2 which I'm very, very excited, excited about. about. So very nice. Um, there is something related to Marvel. Uh, it's
0: known that you're a fan of Black Widow. I think we talked about Black Widow before. Are you excited for the flick, which seems to keep getting pushed back further and further every time we look up? I can't, I
1: mean, I can't wait for it. How are you feeling about it? I'm very excited about it. I I, uh, I love Scarlett Johansson in that role. And, um, you know, my friends at Marvel have, you know, been knocking it out of the park. and. Uh, in in a remarkable run of films, so uh, yeah, it's gonna kick ass. It's gonna be amazing, and and, yeah, I was attached to it in 2004, so it'd be nice to see it finally, finally come. You know, there was a feeling in those days that the Marketplace wouldn't support a a lone female superhero character, which of course now we know is not true. Um, Totally. So it will be really nice to see uh, Natasha get her vindication on screen.
0: Uh, Also, uh, Black Widow
1: game, you know, Black Panther game.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. No, well, we don't have that. We don't have those announcements. Although Black Widow is going to be in uh, the Avengers game, which is coming up pretty soon. Right. But yeah, Black Widow game,
1: a Black Panther game would be amazing.
0: Yeah, we need all of that stuff. Um, Did you predict this with Marvel? I mean, you were part of the ascendancy of uh, Marvel on film with the X movies. And X2 is still one of my favorite superhero movies of all time, by the way. Thank you total blast of a movie but did you did you you did you did you did you you sense that did you feel like the world coming together around this stuff
1: yeah uh, well to a certain extent I mean I I didn't know how big it would be but I did know particularly after the first X-Men did well I as a comic book fan knew that there was a vast ocean of material that had been untapped and not only material, but material that was written in a certain style, a certain voice, a certain level of cool and fantasy that just wasn't being exploited. And I was like, there's so much here. And once Wolverine hit, I was like, oh, that'll, that'll open the floodgates. And then you know, and I was friends with Kevin Feige and I was there when they said, oh, we're going to start our own studio and we're going to start with Iron Man. Uh, that was going to be our first film. And what do you think about uh, casting Robert Downey Jr.? And I was like, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> you know, because we had been, you know, I had been taught. I actually worked on Iron Man at, at uh, before it went to Marvel at, at, at uh, New Line with Kevin. And we really talked about the fact that Tony Stark is an alcoholic and he's, he's brilliant He's an alcoholic. He's got he's got you know issues. He's got troubles. He's just like a one of the great Marvel flawed characters. Yeah. And and I remember when Kevin like was talking to him on the phone, and he said, "So I think we got our Iron Man or our Tony Stark." And I was like, "Who?" And he goes, "We think about uh, Robert Downey Jr." I was like, kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so I knew I knew that would be. I mean, that was the that was everything. You know, that was like. Once, once you nailed that casting, it all kind of fell into place, you know, because other big actors are gonna sign on at that point. And I didn't know that it would be become the dominant form of cinematic storytelling for the next decade, but I felt, I knew, I saw, I saw it all happen. And I was not surprised that the, that the movies turned out so well and that um, and that Marvel gained such success. It was really, it was really cool. And then, and then, you know, which led to DC and Zach, And, yep. you know, yep. it's, uh, and our movie Watchmen, and you know, so it's it's been it's been cool to be a part of it. Very cool. I mean, remarkable.
0: Have you talked with uh, with Zach about the the Snyder
1: Cut at all? Have you seen it? Do you? I know that. No. No, 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 no. I have. Uh, no. Let's see. I now I haven't talked to Zach for a while. I mean, I think we checked in with each other on Twitter or something a few years ago, but um, uh, but I'm very excited about the Snyder Cut. I think that's going to be very cool. And uh, you know, be nice to work with them again. If we can find something appropriate.
0: This is a big weekend for DC, right? They've got the 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 Fandome event, and they're going to be showing off all kinds of trailers and teases and all that stuff. It is it, it's a bounty of uh, of riches for
1: uh, fans of this. Well, I, I, yeah, nerds, but uh, I don't mean that pejoratively. I count myself and in in, uh, in that in that group
0: we are nerds 100 percent. and you know my kid knows it too and and uh we explained to her that nerds are just super passionate about things and you can be nerds for all kinds of great things you'd be a car nerd and uh yeah it's, it's so true it's not a derogatory term but you have a, an interesting perspective on all this because you have been and will be forever associated with a pop culture icon and uh your name will be brought up every time snake Gets mentioned, and if you want to use this platform today to tell us that Metal Gear Six is coming soon, starring you, that'd be great. Uh, But I'm wondering if uh, you know what happens when these actors become these characters, these superheroes. No, what happens? Well, uh, like they're that character for kind of right. Like Chris Evans is never not going to be Captain America. Ben Affleck has just uh, announced that he's coming back in the Flash film. Yeah. Does do you have a I don't know this this empathetic perspective on uh, the life changing elements that they're about to go through and and uh, it's not just a paycheck that they're signing up for.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, and that, well, those are some weird comparisons because Ben Affleck's already you know super famous and he. he it's, it's when you start, when, when people first hear of you, like Christopher Reeve in, in Superman, yeah. then yes. you're Superman forever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and Michael Keaton was well-known before, he's still Batman forever. I, I guess what I would say is um, it's, it's to me, it's just a remarkable gift to be able to make people happy just by doing a voice or being who you are or, you know, being Henry Cavill and People, kids look at you and they're like, "It's Superman!" You know, like that's that's pretty special, and it's really inspiring to to kids, young people, older people. It it just makes them happy. So, um, so I think it's I think it's a pretty amazing gift, and I I think it, it it bears a lot of responsibility. You know, you it'd be wrong to go out and just be a jerk in front of children. You know, if you're supposed to be known as this thing but there's a lot of you know there's a lot of pressure with that i think if i was only a voiceover actor i'd be a little annoyed that you know snake overpowered everything that i do so much but because i've got another job it's it's kind of cool to to it's like having a secret identity or something and um you know i can say to my my uber driver you know you know i'm solid snake and <laughs> they'll either freak out or they'll be like i don't do you have a cold i don't i don't know what that are you coming of <laughs> Um, you some, on, people don't know some people don't know. don't know it, and it's really—I've learned that the hard way. That,
0: <laughs> yeah, a snake can mean so wanna... many different
1: things, can't it? Yeah. Do you want to see my solid snake? <laughs> um, it's, people, people misconstrue that uh, for some reason. No, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty badass. It's everything we've... you'd think it would be. We've had such.
0: We've had an abs. I mean, you were in Smash, but uh, and the Bomberman game, but we've had an absence of you as Snake for quite a while now right now i'm wondering if you're starting to go crazy like do, or do you
1: really oh. want to go back is this something that you want to re-explore well i mean yeah you it's been a while for you i do so many cameos i've done i think i've done 1800 cameos as snake so every every three days or so i do right. 10 video shout outs in snake's voice uh you know i ask People to marry other people. I, I <laughs> wish them happy birthday. I do all these things, and um, and prior to this pandemic, I was going to comic cons and signing autographs and right, of stuff course, all Yes, yes. You know, so I'm snake all the time. Um, I got you. for better or worse. And uh, so no, I don't. I don't miss him because he's with me always. And um, uh, but I would love to do another you know, real Metal Gear game would be, would be cool and, and obviously, it's difficult to, well, no, no, I was gonna gonna do a whole thing where I pretended to have a big reveal, but if I do that, they'll kill me. Um, (laughs) no, nobody knows what's gonna happen with the Metal Gear games, particularly not me. Uh, but for myself, I would love to um, see Snake through another huge epic adventure. That would be that would be very cool. You know, we talked about, I don't know if you saw the announcement, but uh, Jordan Vote roberts who's attached yep. to uh, the Metal Gear movie, yep. floated the idea of us doing an animated show uh, with the original cast, me and Christopher Randolph as Otacon, and Paul Eiding as the Colonel, Jennifer Hale. Wonderful. And uh, that would be pretty awesome.
0: You know, yes, it'd be cool would. to
1: create, you know, a few seasons of just Snake being a musher and going on missions and, uh, you know, uh, exploring. Such that. a world. Such an it's, incredible it's world. And world. It's a massive world and so many eras. And... A, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, and, I, you know, and it'd be tough to take on a video game with, you know, if, if uh, Mr. Kojima was not involved. So Totally. Well, I think an animated version might be might be interesting, but, it, you know, it's up to the powers of people. See.
0: Right on. Uh, I've got a couple more questions here. Which one is your fit? Fa- this is from Perry, uh, Grewal, um, asking, Oh, on the, and the black widow question was, uh, did I, if was from ACO Ninty fan, 1991, I didn't give him the shout out there. Uh, and Perry, uh, Grewal, uh, uh, says what is your favorite metal gear solid game that you worked
1: on and which one do you think deserves more attention? Good questions. Very good questions. Um, You know, I always say my favorite is uh, Metal Gear 3, is Snake Eater. Uh, You know, that one, just the cinema of it, the movie of it really came together so beautifully. It feels like it's unique, it's of one piece. But I feel like Metal Gear 1 is, or Metal Gear Solid is that way as well, the the first one for the PlayStation. Uh, So it's kind of a tie between those two. And then I think the one I'd love to get more attention is uh, Peace Walker. Um, yeah. Which was actually the last one I did. And I got to play older Big Boss um, and really sort of rehash some of his feelings about the death of the boss and, and everything he went through. And, uh, and the anime style of that, the, the sort of draw, pencil drawn style of it is really cool. So that one, I think, you know, I, I, I always appreciate it when people come up and say, I love Peace Walker. It's, you know, that's always gratifying. That was an amazing game. I think it was, that was a, uh,
0: was that Vita or PSP? Uh, PSP. PSP, I know, but they yeah. sent me
1: like P- three PSPs to play it on.
0: Yeah, but it was too big for the PSP. It was like such a massive game. It was like, well, this doesn't, this, this is bigger than this machine, you know? And right. I know they made an HD version of the game.
1: They Classic. did. I have it on one of my consoles here.
0: Yeah, wonderful stuff. Um, we've got new machines coming and I know that you play. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you have different insight into um, the games that you consume and the games that you're a part of. What, what what are you hoping for as a player and as a creator in the gaming space out of this technology that we're about to get? What do you what do you hope is a part of it?
1: I, you know, I don't know if this is going to be the most popular answer. I. I. I feel like the technology is so good. It's been so good for the past decade. You know, yeah. for, I mean, you and I played Pong back in the day. It's, it's, yep. you know, look, the original Red Dead Redemption blows my mind to this day. So, you know, so I've seen the PS5, the rendering, the, uh, the Unreal Engine of it all, the, the you know, the, the billions more triangles that will be, you know, implanted in the game. And that all is, ge- is genuinely stunning. But we've been so spoiled for, for beauty and execution and, and worlds and gameplay that I expect that to continue. And t- typically typically, what I do, I never buy anything first, not ever, you know, so no. I, because I would hate to sort of give up, I still have Xbox 360 games that I love, that I play all the time. Yeah. So yes. it's like, yeah. I, I play it out until really there's no more games coming out and and i wait about a year year and a half after the new thing has come out i don't i don't fall for the first few games that come out you know right i right. wait until there's something because i only really i mostly invest in like a-list, a-list games or unless somebody unless you give a really great review to something indie then i'll pick yep. it up yep so i just wait until there's something i cannot live without and then yeah and then i buy the new system but that's you know that's me i'm just a cynical
0: no, dude, that I think that's the biggest sure. challenge that the console companies have is that we have been great for a long time and it's amazing to uh, you know pick up an old Dreamcast game or a, a, a PlayStation 2 game and just go wow, they they achieved this back
1: then. It's so yeah. good, you know. Yeah, it's uh, I mean the the you know the the original Resident Evil 2 is amazing to this day, you know. There's, yes. there's So, you know, I kind of feel like they don't really need to keep making new machines, but they do that because everybody will buy it, and so on and so forth. But I'm 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 spoiled for choice at this point. I've got I've got stacks of games that I love that I can play anytime.
0: Yeah, this is it. It, it is an incredibly rich entertainment uh, universe, that landscape that we get to kind of navigate through. And I know that you're a comic nerd, and it's just a fan of all of this stuff, just like me. And I, I i'm talking to one of my action figures right here which is just, like it's all just so it's all so mind-blowing um but it, it's hard to kind of it's hard to reconcile it all right like it's hard to find the time and to like go through it and pick what's yours and i guess that's part of the the challenge as a creator too because you know that going in it's like not only do you have to make it cool you gotta get people to notice it you gotta like hit yeah, this got quality to out. bar yeah, yeah somehow right yeah
1: <laughs> my, my kids laughing at octonauts it's not us oh, well, that's, that's a shame. <laughs> she's she's missing some prime you know inside baseball gaming discussion um <laughs> uh, which kids love yes so uh yes yes it's got to be it's got to be able to break out and and because of that you know the good stuff you get is really really good and yeah uh, so you know
0: what what, what and speaking of doing what you do like you've you've um, been able to go from all of these different disciplines and be able, been able to find a path in a lot of different ways and I'm wondering if this is is there a way for you to impart that onto up-and-coming writers or actors or creators out there you know how does a person, open the door but also go through the door and take those response those opportunities and the responsibilities of those opportunities and survive and thrive
1: well to quote han solo that's the real trick isn't it (laughs) um i guess that's to quote han solo as as jack nicholson yeah quote han solo that's the real trick isn't it that's good Um, that's getting there uh uh, I did just record a video game in my Han Solo voice, so that's, there's an exclusive. Oh, fantastic. I can't you what awesome. it is, but, but it's pretty cool. Right on. Right, um, <laughs> you know, I don't want to impart it per se because I, I don't need anybody else in, in my space. But, um, you know, what I did was I came to Hollywood, I came to where the work was, where people were paying to make these, these games, these shows, these movies, mostly the movies, and I came out just wanting to be an actor, but I had interests in writing and so on and so forth. And I got to know people uh, who were creative and awesome and, and doing things and getting things made. And I sort of attached, latched myself onto them. And then I started working on things that were getting made. And then I started figuring out how you raise money, how you, you know, take it to the next level. Um, but it was really just, coming to where the work was be it la vancouver toronto new york what have you um and being charming being smart being decent to people uh which is more important than ever you used to be able to be a jerk but in the corporate world you know that doesn't Doesn't really fly anymore which is nice Nope. yeah um so shouldn't work in
0: any regard but it definitely doesn't work anymore yeah
1: yeah it's Yeah, no, you have to be able to work in a corporate environment, sort of like a business person. And you're asking people to give you 20 to a hundred million dollars. You know, they want you to be responsible and they don't want you to be erratic and, and out of control. So, so really, it just, it really comes down to the Joseph Gamble edict to follow your bliss. You know, you, but, but to be practical about your bliss and figure out really what you're competing against what are the, ob- the massive obstacles to getting done what you want to get done, and and enduring failure after failure? Uh, you know, just continuing to bang your head against the wall, and um, you know, I think ten years ago I'd have said I, I don't really feel very successful. At the- I feel like I, I keep getting somewhere and I keep getting knocked back, and and now you know I'm kind of at a place where I'm like, nah, I feel pretty good. You know, I feel like. Careers rolled along the way, not in the way that I expected, but but in a very cool way. Yeah. So, um, so that's what you do. You know, the business kind of, and you know this, the business kind of funnels you where you love, but also where you need to go. It it figures yeah. out what you're good at, and yeah. if you're a great communicator like yourself, and you love video games, you might find yourself creating a video game show and being an on-air personality that's a combination of talents that you had that you developed and 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 are able to you know to to, to sell and 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 that's that's a rare gift and people but and pe- people need to know that it's possible you Yeah. Know, it is possible to live your dreams it's not easy and your dream may not turn out to be the dream that you expected but yeah it can be done and and better to try than to not i, I say
0: yeah. And, I, you know, like I was an actor before I got into all this too. And I, I know that it's like, um, uh, I, I think you, you, you have to be open to where the waves take you a little bit, you know, and know to, to, to have a little bit of perspective on the value of that journey, you know, and taking yeah. that risk,
1: right? Do you, you know, not be arrogant have come to- in saying, no, I'm not going to accept anything but being a movie star, which, right? you know, when I came out when I was 20, I was like, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm not going to do soap operas. I'm not going to do commercials. I'm going to come <laughs> out, I'm going to be instantly Tom Cruise, and everything's going to be great. And then, you know, I was like, oh, everybody thinks they're going to be Tom Cruise. <laughs> and they all look better than me. I don't.
0: <laughs> yes, there are a lot of people that look like Tom Cruise, I've noticed, Probably. when I go to into L.A., and to Hollywood. There's only one Tom Cruise, though. And yet,
1: there's only one Tom Cruise, you know. Yes. Yeah. That's what people don't understand about a movie star is, like, a lot of it is just how you're born, <laughs> you, know? you know, which isn't fair. But if you're born Brad Pitt, well, that helps.
0: You know? Yeah, there's just yeah. More
1: electricity about their personalities that that uh, that carry. And I'm a, I'm a pretty good actor. I get by, but but you know, it wasn't meant to be in that in that fashion. And thank God I, I don't I yeah be that famous anyway. Yes. Yeah, it is. A, that's all weird. Um, well, I just I, I just I just watched an interview with Rob Lowe, um, where he was like, "What is the point of being famous today?" Yeah. Like, he was talking about how much fun he had in the 80s and he's like, today, what is the point? <laughs> <laughs> it's all downside. There's, I
0: mean, it's cameras on you all the time. It cameras would just on be you all the insane. time. You yeah, do fine. the
1: wrong thing. Everybody wants to cancel you. You know, you can't yeah. go out and get hammered or be naked or whatever. It's like, yeah, you know. He's so right.
0: Yeah. It's, it was really funny. And now you're just at home in a pandemic like everybody and everybody's got a camera. It's everybody's the same right now. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, Speaking of that, like, I'm sure that you went to Hollywood with heroes. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure that you met some of those heroes. Mm -hmm. And um, talk to me about having a hero or heroes in this space. And does that endure? You know, after you have a 25-year career, and do you still have heroes and, and people that you learn from or look up to or hope to one day meet and work with?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're lucky enough to work in, in the upper echelons of Hollywood, you get to meet some amazing people, and they're exactly. amazing for a reason. You, you know, you think, oh, yeah, that's a likable actor, and then you meet them in person, and you're like, their force of personality is just overwhelming. I, you know, I met... um Met Julia Roberts once, and I was, you know, I'm I'm a fan. I, I always liked her. I always thought, you know, what a great movie star. She was so luminous, like s- her skin was literally glowing that it was yes. it was hard for me to talk to her. Yeah. You know? And I wasn't I, even I, that big a fan. I I, I I met
0: Angelina Jolie at an airport, well, and it was the same thing. I was like, this this is an alien
1: creation in front like of an me. An alien I, creation. Yeah, I met uh, yeah. Nicole Kidman. Was the same way, and I was just like. Yes. I, I was left alone with Nicole Kidman, and uh, she was like, you know, hey, and I was like, what can I say that won't make me sound stupid? And I, you know, what I said? I was like, um, excuse me, and I walked away.
0: No, yeah, are oh, yeah. you kidding? Oh, no, <laughs> I was like, I, I
1: was like, I, I anything I say is going to be stupid.
0: Oh my god, that's I amazing! Left. Well, um, I told
1: I told Steven
0: Spielberg I met him at E3 because he was being ushered everywhere. I said. Right. I'm a big fan of your work,
1: which is pretty much like saying, I breathe air. air. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he understands, he's, he's a yeah. he's cool. Well, I got to meet him, yeah. Um, yeah. so that was pretty amazing. Uh, well, that was astounding. I mean, you know, it's nice, because you work in the industry, you get a little bit of reserve, you know, you're not as thrown off, um, so I still play it off cool, but but it's, it's, uh, it's something else. Uh, I met Sidney Pollock a um amazing. you know, which I, I don't know if the, most of the, the viewers will know, but, but amazing director, but also one of the best actors as a director I've ever yeah. seen. He's the agent yeah. in Tutsi and astounding director. And I got to chat with him for a while. And that was really cool. I got to sit down with Wallace Shawn, who, you know, uh, incredible, Who you know, inconceivable, inconceivable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But beyond that, I mean, just this epic career, and I got to have lunch with him for an hour. I you, to, ha- you had lunch with Andre. I had lunch with Andre's lun- uh, Lunch partner. with Andre's buddy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> my my lunch with Andre's dinner partner. Um, yeah, uh, who else? Why well, I met Tom Cruise last year. Um, oh, because and- you're friends with Christopher McQuarrie. That's right. I went to visit yeah. Chris on the set of Mission Impossible: Fallout, and they were dude. Uh,
0: I, I've always wanted to talk with him because he, he's no, bo- both of them, but Tom yeah. Cruise, um, because he's just the force of nature, and he's he's got a you know there's like a lot of wackiness around him for sure. But God, you just look at this guy's commitment and his his you know body of work. Phenom- yeah, he, tell me what Tom Cruise is like.
1: Well, I, I met him very briefly, but he just observing him, he is the purest industry professional that exists. That yeah. is the reason he see. you know, I mean, I don't know about any of the weirdness, but he, he's so committed to being a movie star and a, and a responsible movie producer, a hit movie producer on every single level that you never see anything, but his professional, you know, energy and power. And yeah. when you meet him, he, he was talking to Chris, and then Chris goes, "Oh, uh, Tom, this is my friend David Hayter, old old friend of mine, David Hayter." And he turns around and he locks eyes with you, and he shakes hands with you, and he's like, "Tom Cruise, nice to meet you." <laughs> oh my right? God. And he gives you that that smile, and for that moment, you're just in the planet with Tom Cruise, and that's it. And then, and then he moved on, and that was that was that. That's um, wild. But, but again, you you with a true movie star, you, you it's like getting hit in the face with a splash of water or something. Just their, their pure charisma, you know, is uh, is intense. It's it's really it's a cool thing. And then That's when you awesome. start casting people, you start to be, recognize that you go, oh my god, this kid's got this this Lucas kid's got something special. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Why weren't you my director back then? <laughs> uh, right, right? Um, maybe you didn't have it yet. Maybe it, maybe it took you a while to develop your spark maybe you know, figure maybe, out maybe it's it, it still, takes works out, still working a long time out. to figure out who you are and that's yeah. why when a young actor i was friends with um uh charlize theron back in the day. I mean, still am uh yep. and charlize started at 19 years old and we were all like ah, well great good luck kid you know it's it's a tough business and she was an instant movie star, like just yeah just instant power and 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 which was very cool to see because we all loved her and we all thought she was hilarious and lovely and sweet. And, and uh, she's so and, kick ass. I just watched her in the old guard and like you
0: just believe what she's pulling off, man. Like she yeah. just a, a phenomenal actor, but just a, like the way she embodied, like Atomic Blonde was hers, I think, as well. Just yeah. sensational performer and Furiosa. Well, that's what I'm
1: saying. At, at, at 19, you know, at, at an age when none of us know who the hell we are, she was already yeah. a fully formed movie star and that's amazing that's just who you are you know yeah. you can learn to be a great actor and you can learn to be a good movie star but but some people are just born to it
0: what are you looking forward to as a fan what are you what's what's firing up you know all of your sort of excitement and engagement there's big movies coming your way there's all of our ways there's big games what are you and do you look at Entertainment like that through that I lens? No, I, I
1: don't. It's, I look at it very differently. It used to be like, oh man, uh, you know the new, uh, uh, the new, you know, last action heroes coming out this weekend. We all got to go see it. You know, <laughs> Which actually, I enjoyed last action hero. That was a bad example, but um, <laughs> but like the uh, the the uh, I don't want to diss anybody's movie, but you know, oh, Cowboys and Aliens is out this weekend. We got to go see that. It's like I, yeah, I don't I don't fall for that anymore. Um, uh, what I do is I get cautiously optimistic about every new Star Wars movie, or uh, Marvel movie, or superhero movie, what have you. And then I wait for the hype to die down. I read the reviews, um, and when something really stands out, I go, great, I'll check it out. And, um, cause I, there's so much entertainment. I got, I'm so busy. I don't like to waste my time on something that everybody says is the big movie, and then it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, um...
0: And you probably can't shut that part of your brain off either, right? Like, like you're always
1: disassembling it as you're watching it. Unless it's great. Unless it's it's truly transformed. Like, um, like Parasite, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'd heard it was really good, and then I watched it, and yeah, normally I can't help pulling it apart or saying that dialogue's terrible. Why is the script structured this way? Why did they shoot it that way? Whatever. And which is horrible um, to, for me and the filmmakers. And then when something's really good, I just get drawn into it, and it rekindles that love of movies for me. And that's what I'm. That's what I'm looking for. Um, it's not very geeky, but I've, I felt that way about like the favorite. Yorgos Lanthimos' films are just so weird and new. Midsummer, I loved. A, a, oh my a god! I think, a lot of people, <laughs> I think, didn't, but I was just like, <laughs> I was in, Awful. man.
0: Well, I loved it, but I was like, I, I, "This is not good for my head," you know. Like, I, no, I, I was—it's I, rough. I, I was—I I was so disturbed by that movie. But yeah, he—he—he. He, he, what's what's the director's name? The writer-director. He's amazing. Um, I forget his name.
1: Of Midsomar is uh, yeah. Ari Aster.
0: Yeah. God, he's so talented. He, what was the other I'm one that he did? Hereditary. Yeah, that was also like.
1: I hope he doesn't do so any more upsetting. of those. Yeah. That was <laughs> that, that one, but. But Hereditary was so upsetting that I felt like what you're saying, which is my brain has been soiled, and I'm yeah. upset. Uh, yeah, but so what a great movie! Midsomar yeah. in comparison, I thought was a hilarious romp. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was. I was like, I was like, thank God this is so light. You know, yeah. the, the double suicides and the whatnot. You know, it's a, uh, it's. <laughs> I was laughing all the way through it. It's sort of like sort of like a Kubrick movie when it's really horrible. I'm just like. It's so horrible. It's it's funny. That's
0: awesome. So, yeah. So, is,
1: is there a filmmaker you want to
0: work with? I know that you're friends with Christopher McQuarrie. He's such an incredible writer director. Yeah. It, it, like, is there a room in that friendship for you guys to
1: collaborate? And would that be uh, one well, year? I'd like to. I mean, I've I, I, I've suggested it a few times. It's it's never it's never happened. Uh, the, the difficulty is Chris may be the greatest living screenwriter. He's so goddamn good. He's so good. It's he's crazy. He's so good and he's so yeah. smart. He doesn't need me. Like I've suggested yeah. and I learned from him. So there's not like a trick I know that he doesn't know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like, you know, maybe one day I would produce a TV show that he would oversee or something like that. Um, cool. And I would love, love that because Chris, all Chris does is talk about film techniques, camera, Lenses, emotion, casting, color—all that's that's all he does, and it's awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. the most—it's the most trenchant analysis and fun, engaging analysis of film that you'll ever encounter. Yes. So I just—I just sit. You know, we drink martinis, and I just sit and I just listen to him, and it's—it's it's a gift. So, um, so yeah, I would love to work with Chris uh, if we find something that that uh, that he's willing to put together with me. Um, uh, I don't know who else who else I mean I love I love Guillermo del Toro um, oh yeah you know I've, I've met him a few times and he's just such a lovely wonderful brilliant guy
0: um, I heard that he uh, he
1: used I to watch EP
0: I used to he used to watch EP when uh, oh, yeah. he was working out of toronto because we're like in his like he loves all that stuff we've had him yeah. on the show before but yeah. he would find us on city tv or whatever in toronto and watch the show That's uh funny. and th- that was really nice to hear but yeah he, he yeah, uh awesome. he seems incredible He who was the uh doug oh, doug lyman mm. who just have you ever met him or worked with him or mm. had any connection with him
1: no no i mean i know who he is i'm a big fan uh yeah i've never i've never worked with him or anything He's going to space with Tom Cruise. I heard, I heard. crazy. Dude, I was talking to I was talking to Chris when they were hanging Tom Cruise out of the outside of the airplane that was taking off, and I mean, that was insanity. That was insanity. They didn't know if it was going to kill him or not. I mean, I guess they. Wait, how could you even test that? It's, I don't you know. know. I don't know what like it, he is truly the Jackie Chan
0: with yes. budget. Like he whatever, he, he like, whatever they want to throw, like he'll
1: do it. It's insane. He chooses it.
0: He's I, the one. I don't if, know. If
1: him and Chris, him and Chris go around the world and they pick out the craziest locations where they can do the craziest stuff, and then they build a movie around that. That's how that's how they're done. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, what, what do you want to fall off of? What do you want to be thrown at? What do you want to be burned up in or drowned in or or what have you? You know. It's... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's like
0: the the yeah. He's a fusion of Harry Houdini and uh, and Jackie Chan, and yeah. and we are all the better entertained by that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. it's, great. Easy, man. it's yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so what do you want to talk about uh, next week when you're back on Vic's Basement?
1: Oh my God, I, I, I I've never talked about so many things in my entire life. Nobody's to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't uh, listen. I just uh, I'm always thrilled to be in Vic's basement, whether it's in real life or uh, in quarantine. And I'm so glad that your legacy endures. You're a, you a, a, a global, but particularly a Canadian treasure. Um, so always a pleasure to speak with you. Um, thank you for having me on to discuss uh, Warrior Nun and our season two pickup, because we've got some very cool game-altering stuff for season two um uh ready to go and um and that's it. I mean keep on gaming. I've uh I've got games that have come out, um, Phantom Covert Ops uh awesome. for the Oculus. Uh and um my Steam Dolls Order of Chaos is uh being put together right now and I did recently did uh, Bloodstained: Bloodstain Ritual of the Night of that's such a good game. Yeah.
0: And um and you uh, no, the, know they it. redid all of the the longest dark stuff as well to make all that the Long, the long dark was yeah, yeah a long really dark.
1: amazing Canadian based game. Uh, I mean a level Canadian game, but uh, incredible. Yeah, I set love in Canada. Character. I love that character set in Canada played with. We need Hulk. more of. Scottish accent. I love it. Don't let me die, McKenzie. <laughs> <laughs> that sort Our, of thing. Is
0: your family as big a fan of Outlander as my family is? My
1: wife is fully obsessed with that show. No, I mean, we, we we are Outlander free so far. I have to. Dude, uh, I'm afraid to get on that. I don't think I'll ever. My wife will stop watching it. It's, I guess it's pretty. Winning. Oh,
0: it's it's a great show. It really yeah. is. It's not, it's not. It's not. And mean, we had the uh, the creator because uh, Ronald D Moore is the exec producer oh, on
1: well. it. He's amazing
0: he's incredible um and so that was our way in and we had the cast members on when they were just getting started on the show and they were all great but uh my wife became obsessed with it and we went to scotland and she was watching it and it's and now i'm obsessed too it's a great show so i give that to you add that to your pile. thank you
1: thank you i will check that out
0: uh, this has been David Hader in Vic's basement, everybody. Give it up for David Hader. Um, make sure you check out Warrior Nun. Play one of his thousands of video games that he's been a part of. See some of his movies. Uh, like X2 is a particular favorite of mine. Um, always a great pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, I can't wait to, to connect with you again soon. Hopefully next time in person, my friend.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and, and Vic. You're pretty good.
0: (laughs) Thank you, David. Thank you all for watching. We'll be back soon. And until then, play forever.